The following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. And now it's time for the Mr. Nelson Show. Doctor Who New Year's Day special has arrived. Yes, uh, resolution. Oh, and uh, Happy New Year, by the way. So, um, right off the bat, I'll just say it. It wasn't bad. In fact, it was about as good as it's going to get with this uh, this version of the series. And so this puts it kind of in the same category as Kerblam, I, 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 I will guess. Uh, uh, in that it works as a Doctor Who episode, it's... Um, you know, having the dialect there, of course, and that fits you in. And then there's even mention of unit, uh, apparently to make some comment about uh, government indices not being fully funded. <laughs> but it says like, oh, the foreign uh, government's backed out or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like how the United States has to carry the load for NATO. <laughs> oh, no, that wasn't the message. Uh, again, fatherhood plays... An important role here. Now, I'm sure a lot of people are going to say uh, there was kind of a uh, a negative tone to it, but considering the story of Ryan and his father, uh, that's kind of unavoidable here. But it plays out fairly well, I thought. And the scenes uh, detailing that story uh, is where the episode shines, which shows that Chibnall would probably be much happier and better off writing. Uh, family dramas and soap operas <laughs> stuff like that uh and but it was integral to the ultimate plot because uh, the dialect ends up possessing ryan's father and they have to save him and all that and then they reunite and uh, patch things up only to uh say goodbye so that ryan can go back in the tardis and go into space <laughs> we'll catch up later <laughs> but what have you so uh the thoughts of the plot that were pretty obvious when the show was announced um, was yes, a, a, it was just a single dialect. And this dialect, uh, which we learned was a reconnaissance dialect, and went to the earth to uh, scope it out and report back to the dialects and send for the fleet to come invade it. And well, it must've gotten attacked by uh, this medieval army uh, that defeated it. Now, how in the world could they do that? Uh, well, uh, if, if you've seen a lot of uh, different episodes of Doctor Who, and this one included, uh, if you can get behind a dialect, you pretty much got them. <laughs> so I think uh, a good enough of an army attacked it, got around in the back, and just wailed on it with axes, swords, and uh, mallets. And uh, that was that. So apparently they uh, they cut up the dialect and uh, gave it to uh, three appointed custodians of the pieces of the uh, mutated innards of the dialect and uh, went all over the planet to bury it somewhere. Now, uh, this was over the top and very foolish. I think they could have just dropped that whole scenario uh, and just bury the dialect uh, at the site of the battle. And in the excavation, of course, what happens is that in, in modern times, uh, two archaeologists are excavating a site and they inadvertently uh, awake the uh, dormant dialect. And uh, 
and it somehow transports its other parts uh, through uh, spatial distortions. I, you know, I didn't know the little mutated dialects have these superpowers <laughs> that that happens. But yeah, see, this all that could have been avoided if you had just just said, "Look, they buried the thing at this battle site, and now centuries later, it's being excavated." And uh oh, you woke the monster. So uh, that's yeah, you know, kind of a dumb thing to do i don't know why i guess uh the world came together you know kind of like uh the tribes of man in atlantis and amazons and uh justice league when they fought steppenwolf yeah <laughs> and yeah, justice league's not uh a film you want to copy and so uh anyway so the dalek wakes up it takes possession of uh, one of the archaeologists the girlfriend of the other one and oh boy and uh, so that was kind of interesting too where you hear the mutant's voice and it's much different than what you normally hear from a dialect, uh, except that I think it got a little too emotional. But, uh, well, what state of mind would you be in if you've been asleep for, I don't know, a thousand years? <laughs> or, oh, no, wait, more than that. Uh, Two thousand. What they say? Uh, the ninth century, I believe. I would have pushed it back further. But whatever. Anyway. And apparently uh, they live forever if unless you actually, you know, fry them or something. Uh and but other than that, the basic adventure of it, the investigation, it, it all more or less works. The dialect ultimately is able to rebuild its outer shell uh, with spare parts. So, of course, it doesn't quite look uh, like you're used to, but close enough. And uh, it's explained throughout the story. And I imagine that's something they had to get around because they just weren't going to give them the money to do a full on uh, story of uh, the dialects themselves. So. <laughs> and this is as good as it gets <laughs> and uh so yeah okay that works and uh so the dialect has to uh, contact the fleet and uh they're probably who the hell are you <laughs> i thought they might have brought in the other dialects and like it would it would deem this uh, dialect uh inferior to them now because it's an older version <laughs> And just exterminate him. He's like, wait, no, I, <laughs> but oh well. Uh, and the doctor confronts it and they figure out a way using, uh, Ryan's father. He's selling, uh, microwave ovens or some such nonsense. And they're able to use that to counteract, uh, the, the equipment within the dialect itself. But, uh oh, it takes possession of Ryan's dad. And there we get back to the ending I discussed earlier and how they defeated the doctor, pulls a whammy on the dialect and tricks him into thinking he's going to go to the fleet when actually the doctor just dumps him into a star going Nova and uh, Ryan has to save his dad. And so all that stuff. And that's great and all. Um, I imagine again, the uh, looking at how fatherhood it was treated and uh, it takes you away, which was really awful and uh, men in general, but in this one, it fits within the story and it's actually has a good resolution to it. But there was one of these throwaway lines that the doctor keeps doing. And you wonder, is this a hint about the doctor's history or something they're, you know, writing into it where, uh, yeah, and they're saying, well, you know, the fathers, it's tough to deal with sometimes or something like that. And the doctor says, yeah, uh, or, uh, so I've been told. And so at first I said, oh, is this a suggesting that the doctor never had a father or, is it suggesting that the doctor's referring to herself when she was a father? <laughs> because, you know, there's Susan was the granddaughter. So that, of course, means there was a child of the doctor at some point that we uh, never got to know anything about. Unless, of course, Susan really wasn't the granddaughter and was just sort of adopted or something. Uh, but then why call it? Well, whatever. Uh, 
It probably means absolutely nothing, just like the talk about grandmothers and stuff means absolutely nothing. So, yeah, so what? So this was a good show uh, in that it was adequate. <laughs> uh, and it's in the ranks with Kerblam. I think it was a very straightforward adventure, very pretty simple. Uh, you go through that, and you get your points across, and it ends, and the doctor saves the day, and everybody's happy. Um uh, the weakest parts was just basically little plot things here and there. And the, the biggest one being the opening about, you know, sp- spreading the Dalek all over the place. And it was just unnecessary. And then uh, the doctor herself, uh, Jody is just not good for the role. <laughs> she had some moments here. They're the, probably the best one. And I think some people will interpret it negatively, perhaps because of the treatment of men and fatherhood and whatnot. But uh, when Ryan's father arrives and the doctor just blurts out what everybody's thinking, <laughs> when most people would just, well, let's not just do this. But the doctor just says, Hey, you weren't at the funeral. And, uh, Ryan was pretty upset about that. <laughs> the awkward nature of it. And so, I, uh, you know, it's things like that. And so with a script, and with somebody who understands it well enough and someone else besides Chibnall, even though this was Chibnall, it's a plot and whatnot and the idea, but I think someone could have written this better. And maybe, just maybe, uh, Jody herself could be an adequate uh, doctor. I don't really see any greatness here. I'm not going to see her pull it off like uh, Matt Smith did and that sort of thing. Uh, so is this I, I, in my previous videos of, Hey, can the dialects save Dr. Who? Uh, no, no, it can't. Uh, this was just a good episode. This isn't some great classic. It's not, you know, caves of Androzani. It's certainly not Genesis, which is in my opinion, the pinnacle and the masterpiece of Dr. Who, but um, I don't think you can hope for anything like that anytime soon. And I don't just mean because you have to wait till 2020, I guess, in the fall for new Doctor Who episodes. Um, yeah, whatever. All right. Uh, so that's it. That's what they got. And so that gives us about, I don't know, two and a half uh, good episodes of Doctor Who because I sort of liked how the woman who fell to earth started. And Kablam was, you know, good out of the batch. And then uh, this one, uh, the, the last one could have been good, but kind of fizzled with some dumb things. Oh, yeah. Uh, the doctor constantly lecturing people about killing. And boy, <laughs> she murders this style. <laughs> and hey, I'm not arguing. I totally agree with her decision. Now, there was a scene. She said, hey, look, I gave him a shot. Right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> But uh, when it comes to dialects, the doctor, uh, all that sympathy and uh, turn the other cheek, well, that goes out the window (laughs) when it comes to that. So those those are the everybody else. Giant murdering spiders. Uh, that's okay. You can have a conversation with them, uh, even spare their lives and cry over when some, uh, evil, uh, pseudo Trump shoots them. And, uh, uh, and you, uh, you can never really like, uh, uh, white males <laughs> except Graham, uh, and fathers. Oh, and, but dialects, oh, oh, just kill them. 
<laughs> so there you go. There's, <laughs> there's the, uh, ever changing ethic of, uh, Doctor Who, apparently. So anyway, all right. I'm giving this one four out of five stars. Uh, it's probably as good as it's going to get. And, uh, a lot of this, granted, is through the lens of being compared to the other episodes of series 11. And so, uh, had this been, uh, a spectacular run, then this one would probably be sort of, eh, you know, but, uh, so we got to take that into consideration, uh, uh, too. So, uh, there you have it. Uh, this is as good as it gets <laughs> from me. All right. So there you go. Four out of five stars for Doctor Who Resolution. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Like the sound of my voice? Yes, you know you do. And you want to hear it in the best way possible. So why not get yourself some headphones and accessories from Tweaked Audio? Key features include eight colors and styles, mic'd and non-mic'd versions, designed to sound great for music and talk. Noise-reducing design with a lifetime warranty. So head over to TweakedAudio.com and use discount code MrNelson at checkout for 33% off and free worldwide shipping. That's MrNelson. M-R-N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's not case-sensitive, but it is all one word. That's TweakedAudio.com. <laughs> a horse is a horse, of course, of course, and a horse has needs, of course, of course, especially when that horse is Mr. Sex Ed. Well, hey there, Wilbur. Why the long face? Oh, Mr. Sex Ed, it's... I'm having some marital problems. Oh, well, you can tell me I'm your best pal. Well, it's... Judy says I'm not satisfying her in bed anymore. Oh, well, uh, (laughs) you need to get in there and take charge. What you do is you bite her by the neck. I mean, uh, you grab her by the mane. Uh, I mean, the hair, and you yank that back, and you ram it in like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> oh, well, more than she'll know who's boss. Well, you really think so? <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I don't know. I just that's not me. I, I, I can't be like that. Oh, oh God! Yeah, am I talking to a man or a pussy? Now, come on, now. Hurry, bro. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, maybe it's something mechanical. Let's see what we're working with here. Drop your drawers. What? I, no, I'm not doing that. Oh, oh God, damn. I stand here bending this stall naked as a jaybird all the time. You don't see me crying and wussing out about it. Well, all right. Oh, good Lord. But where is it? Oh, damn. Right there. Uh, Wilbur, I'm afraid this is a bit of a lost cause. Uh, there ain't no way you're gonna pleasure a woman with that little acorn. Oh, that, that, come on, damn it. That, you're just being a jackass. Oh, right, damn, I'm a proud horse. You don't ever mistake me for one of those foolish little buck tooth creatures. You got damn, no wonder Judy's always coming down here at odd hours of the night, all sauced up with a jar of peanut butter. What are you saying, Mr. Sex Ed? Whoops. Think I said too much. 
<laughs> oh no, what's going on here? Well, tune in for another exciting episode of Mr. Sex Ed. Why, this is Flash Gordon's Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe Chapter 1, as ripped by yours truly. <laughs> Slow down a minute, is what? Oh, just think of it as Mr. Nelson. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Flash Gordon. Yes, you've probably seen some of these before, as several of this serial have been at the beginning of many of the other movies that I've riffed at my Selfie store. Yes, but of course, full films are $1.75. But if all you want to do is see Flash Gordon, well, you can do that too. And only for 90 cents. Oh man, that sounds like a sweet deal! Yes, yes it is. Right now, you can head over to Selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. It's just that simple. And there you'll find Chapter 1 of Flash Gordon, Space Soldiers Conquer the Universe, Chapter 1. Yes, in Chapter 1, Flash tries to stop Ming's spaceship from pissing all over the Earth. Wait, what? <laughs> Well, not exactly, but of course, that's a typical nail-set interpretation of all these crappy old films. Yes, so without further ado, I must give you warning! Due to an extreme lack of talent, bathroom humor is deployed throughout the film. <laughs> you mean like fart noises and toilet flashes? <laughs> Yes, along with inappropriate laugh tracks, cartoon sound effects, and public domain music from such sources as Kevin MacLeod. It's all there for you and for only 90 cents. Oh man, we're gonna get it again? <laughs> well, you head over to the Nelson Theater Store at Selfie.com. Selfie.com slash Nelson. That's S-E-L-L-F-Y dot com slash N-A-I-L-S-I-N. Yes, it's just that simple. Nelson Theater is a proud sponsor of the Mr. Nelson Show. Because if Mr. Nelson doesn't sponsor the Mr. Nelson Show, who will? You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Smellong's Poop, the super delicious laxative, presents... The Adventures of Sun King! Faster than the speed of light. More powerful than an atomic bomb. Able to leap the moon in a single bound. What? Up in the sky! It's a comet! It's a UFO! No! It's Sun King! Yes, Sun King. And who? Disguised as mild-mannered tabloid reporter Mark Milktit fights a never-ending battle for truth and justice. It's a typical bright, sunshiny day in the streets of Cityopolis when suddenly the peaceful atmosphere is interrupted by automatic gunfire. Got a chance against our specialized weaponry. Shut up and get the cash! Suddenly, 
The armored guard bursts open to reveal Sun King has been hiding inside it all along. It's Sun King! Ah, no, it's a trap! That's right. You filthy criminals and walk right into it. Now come along quietly, gentlemen, and put away those toys. You're done for. No can't do, Sun King. Let him have it, Bubba. Alright! Hmm. The bullets are firing you pack quite a lot. But they still can't penetrate my force field. <laughs> Give it up, you fools. You can't possibly hurt the Sun King. Oh, 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 oh. Seems the shrapnel ricocheting off of my force field is spraying out into the civilians. I've got to put a stop to this. I know. I'll melt their guns down with the power of my sun belt. <laughs> Oh no! The gun melted into my hands. Oh, it blinks. Here, little chap, one more shot. No, Bubba, don't. It'll. Oh! Oh man, Bubba! The gun backfired and blew his head off. Yeah, well, he should have known better. Now, come along, you. It appears your own weapon has made quite the handcuffs for you. Oh, it blinks. Later, at the commissioner's office, where Sun King is meeting with the commissioner. Hmm. No serial numbers, no markings whatsoever, no means by which we can trace the source of these incredible weapons. Yeah, tell me about it. The city's currently flooded with these weapons, and these armored car robberies are just stacking up on top of one another. But hopefully, we can get that man you captured to squeal to lead us to the rest of his gang. Don't count on it, Commissioner. Looks like that dude just turned down the deal the DA made him to save his own neck. He just won't talk about his game. Save his own neck? What charges is he facing exactly? Well, along with uh, armed robbery, of course, and uh, threatening the citizenry and uh, injuries he caused, uh, there's the murders, of course. Murders? Wh wh what murders? Well, damn, son, King, you right there. The two what? guards that was driving the armored car you were hiding in. What do you and mean? Them bullets they were shooting? Well, it cut right through the doors like they were paper. Killed them right there as they sat. Green snot. Oh, I... I... Well, I was so concentrating on, you know, tricking them and surprising them, I guess I, you know, I probably could have stopped that, but... Well, yeah, well, now we got a murder charge to hang over him and to use it as a tool to avoid the death penalty, but unfortunately, seems like it's not enough to scare him into talking. Mm, yes, well, I'll keep patrolling the streets, Commissioner, and if I can find more members of this gang, perhaps I'll finally find one that'll sing. Later that night, across town, yet another armored car is ambushed by the mysterious gang with high-tech weaponry. Little does the gang know, but they're just a block away from Club Knight, and there, on the streets outside Club Knight, stand Lyle Richmond and Dick Sprung, who are, in reality, Night Knight and Ubo. Great guns go for you! Look at that, Lyle! That armored car is being attacked by those thugs! That's right, Dick. This calls for action. The action of Night Knight and Bubo. Quick, into Club Knight. We'll head down to the Knight's Lair and change our outfits. Oh, boy! But by the time Night Knight and Bubo emerge from the secret doorway in their night cruiser, the robbery is long over, and the thugs have made their getaway. So Night Knight in the cruiser pursues them and finally catches up by smashing through several other cars to get them out of the way. 
man is in hot pursuit of the getaway car. No, man, don't look now, but Night Night and Boo Boo were on our tail. Yeah, we'll get them off it. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> no, great gunshots, Night Night. They're shooting at us. Yes, I can see that, Boo Fortune play. The night cruiser's shielding is holding. I don't know for how much longer. Got to make use of the night cruise missile. <laughs> Direct hit! <laughs> Quick, Bobo, after him for the getaway on foot. Well, okay. Hi, Night Night and Bobo's coming to get us! I just need one shot. I got blood in my eyes. Here goes nothing. Uh, now yeah, you were way off there. You, you hit the water tower and now you're making it rain. Look out, Nate! Nate! The water's coming down on us! No, no, no! <laughs> right, that goes Night Night and Boobo! Uh, now, what do we do? Yeah, we make good our getaway, idiot! Come on! Moments later, after the police arrive on the scene. Damn it, Boobo. There's one thing I really can't stand is having to walk around in wet tights. Yeah, I know what you mean, Night Night. Yeah, and the one thing we in the police department can't stand is criminals getting away with it. Well, that... great job, 99. Now, see here, at least uh, they didn't get away with the loot. Yeah, we managed to recover most of it, but a lot of it was all boined up. What? Seems somebody fired a missile at their getaway car. Oh, bad. Well, the subject of the weapons of... Justice is not the subject we need to be concerned with, officer. The subject should be the weapons of crime. Such as, where are they getting these high-tech weaponry? If only we know. Yeah, well, Sun King caught that guy from the gang this morning, but he's still not talking. Oh, really? Well, perhaps he'll talk to Night-Night. Meanwhile, across town, in the offices of Capes Confidential, the superhero tabloid, we find Mark Miltit, who is, in reality, Sun King, in the office of his boss, editor-in-chief, Richard Suckle. Now, see here, Mark, there might be quite an angle here from that weird gang of those high-tech weapons that Sun King bought them with. Now, they got a man over at the jailhouse, but he's not talking, and so... Well, you know, I was thinking maybe the lore and promise of some sort of fame, even if I mean, uh, from a tabloid like ours, might loosen him up a bit. So why don't you head over there and see if you can chat up this fellow? Well, I'm dubious, Mr. Suckle, but uh, I'll, I'll give it the old college try. What a boy. And hey, what's this Mr. Suckle business? Come on. Oh, oh, call me Dick. Yeah, uh, thanks, Dick. Meanwhile, at that very county lockup that Mark Milton is heading to, Night Night and Boobo are already there. Damn it! Despite my best efforts to strike fear into the heart of this criminal scum, he simply will not give up any information. <laughs> yeah, uh, how exactly were you supposed to strike fear in his heart? Isn't it obvious? My very presence and appearance can be quite intimidating. When was that going to happen? Before or after he burst out laughing at the sight of <laughs> Clearly, the man was indeed hysterical. Oh, come on. But it simply wasn't enough. Yeah. I'll have to use other means. Well, Perhaps I could electrocute him. Well, well no, 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 you can't or, do it. well, then, I guess, truth serum. Yeah, I've got, I just happen to have some here. We can uh, try what? that. That'll it loosen him up. No, no, night, night. Put that away. That would be violating his rights, you idiot. Rights? What about the rights of 
decent folks on the streets. Now, see here, you... Uh, more and more, I realize, you people in the police department just don't understand the needs of justice. Night-night. Get out. Just go. Fine, wet one. But when the next robbery happens, and it will, its damages will be in part on you. Hey, it's Sun King! What the hell? What? What's he talking about? Oh, damn it. What do you mean? Good idea! <laughs> oh, you idiot. That's... that's it's Sun King. Uh, oh, uh, uh, I mean, look, it's the, world-renowned tabloid reporter Mark Milton. Uh, it's all right. Yeah, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's, oh, yeah, the guy that's from Cape's Confidence. Yeah, they right. told me you were heading over there. Yes. Uh, the girl from your office is over there, too. Huh? Just wait over there, Mr. Milton. Girl from my... Uh, what? Layla, uh, what are you doing here? What I always do, Mark. Scooping you. <laughs> now, Layla, I... Uh, don't worry about it, Mark. There's not much of a scoop here, turns out. I mean, this guy just won't talk. I mean, I don't get it with his neck on the line and all. Maybe it's because my neck ain't on the line. Oh. Of course, I can't say the same for you. Oh, my God. The suspect. He's free. And, and he's got a gun. Free. free. Snuck. Snuck. I could stop him in a second. Sex, sex, sex. Then that would reveal my secret identity. Sunday. So I'll just have to look for a chance to start out and change clothes. Until then, I'll just have to hope he doesn't hurt or kill anybody while I stand here and watch. Oh no! Will Sun King sacrifice the lives of innocent people in order to protect his little silly secret? Oh, I don't know. Find out in the next exciting episode of The Adventures of Sun King! The Adventures of Sun King is a Nail Sin production. All characters and stories are written and performed by me, Douglas Nelson, with music by Kevin McLeod and other public domain sources. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. Next time, on My Brother's Keeper. Oh, man, when I saw that uh, Michaela Moroni shaking that ass on that Instagram, well, all I can say is, thank God she's legal now. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, 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 I gotta go. Oh, boy. Uh, Get off the phone, goddammit. What, what, what I do now? Cut the attitude. I was just in the shop working on Sally's chair. Trying to fix it when I went looking uh, for oh, some glue. Uh oh. Uh huh. Uh, uh, there weren't none, though I knew well, I had uh, bought no, two uh, bottles, but it was all gone. What did I find? A bunch of bags of glue in the garbage. Stop fidgeting around, damn it, and answer me this Did you pour glue into a bag and huff it? Answer me, damn it. Did you huff my glue? No, damn it. No, I, I don't do that. I didn't do none of that. I didn't touch your damn glue. No. Well, then how do you explain all that shiny glue dripping out of your nose? Oh, oh damn. Oh, man, that is sticky. Oh, well, it's... I. Uh, it, 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 so I huffed your glue. Oh, God. Damn, what the hell am I going to do with you? Oh,
That's next time on My Brother's Keeper on TLC. Great displays of vanity, Night Night. What's that you're wearing? Why, it's the Night Night t-shirt, Bobo. Well, where'd you get that? Well, I got it at the Mr. Nelson store at Zazzle.com. There you can find your Night Night t-shirts and other products that Mr. Nelson provides. Huh, look at this one. It shows you staring at the flying pig's butt. <laughs> Shut up, Bobo, damn it. <sighs> Anyway, folks, if you want your night-night t-shirt, head over to the Mr. Nelson store at Zazzle.com and order your night-night shirt today. You're listening to the Mr. Nelson Show here on RadioMisfits.com. The ocean liner Odysseus was on its annual Caribbean cruise when it vanished into the Bermuda Triangle. This is the story of what happened to its passengers and crew. <sighs> oh, 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 jeez. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. oh crap. What? It's after seven. Oh jeez. Um I, oh, we gotta go. Yeah. 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 Uh Sarah, I uh, I I mean I Oh uh, uh, I'm I sorry. hey hey, just, hey. Uh, Yeah, Sam, I I mean it's like um you know, no, no big deal. No, no, no harm done. Well, it's just I, I mean, uh, yeah. Okay. Oh damn it! What? Oh, what? Oh, what's the matter? No, that's just great. I don't follow. Well, look. Oh, this is all I got to wear—the dress I was wearing at the party last night. I mean, it, I'm in your cabin. It's well, the, the secret's gonna be out, so you know. Uh, no. Worst things. Oh, I, Sam, I, I didn't mean it like that. It's just Andy and those idiots. It, it, you know how it is. Well, Sarah, uh, if Andy can actually deduce that, then I guess gossip's got to gossip. But in the end, uh, it's another goddamn business what went on here. Yeah, yeah, uh, but it's harder to walk away and forget something when some idiot wants to bring it up for a cheap laugh. So you, you want to forget about it? Um, we're late, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Well, so far so good. The coast is clear. Yeah, well, count our blessings. Not a soul in sight. You know, you could probably cut through the galley and get out through the kitchen and make it to your cabin from there and, you know, you know, not as many eyes. Oh, trust me, there's one too many there, too. But, you know, uh, as chief of security, Mr. Hill, you could edit certain security cam footage to, <laughs> yeah, you know? Uh, well, that would be unethical, Miss Nade. Um, then, uh, we'd get fired, of course. Well, uh, only if we get I... caught, and this is kind of the idea of not getting caught about, you know, uh... Well... And besides, like you said, it's none of their goddamn business. 
Yeah, but security is their business, and that's why they hired me to do their business. You know, because of thieves, <sighs> terrorists, uh, pirates. <laughs> pirates? I. <laughs> oh, boy, yeah. Those damn pirates. They make it so hard for. Well. Yeah. Well. Guess we best get going. Whoa. Man, who ordered Whoa. the pea soup? Jeez, I checked the weather report. I didn't see anything in it about fog. Well, there it is. Tell me, what's the thickest fog I've ever seen? No, I'll tell you what I'm not seeing. What? Everybody else. <laughs> I tell you, you walked out. <laughs> not a soul to be seen. Looks like we could probably make it to the cabin and change before anyone spots you. <laughs> I guess the party was uh, better than we remembered it. Ooh. Like it's still going on for somebody. What do you mean? Over there, against the, the railing. Oh, oh, is, is she naked? That's a jaybird. Oh my god. Jeez. She's tied to a railing. What? Look at her hands. It's what? Oh, that's disgusting. There's children on board. Good lord. Uh, yeah. Ma'am, ma'am, ma miss, we have an indecent exposure policy on board, and you're in clear fight. Oh, what is it? What? It, oh! Is, is that blood she's kneeling in? Her throat's been cut. Oh my god! You have been listening to The Cruise, written, performed, and produced by me, Douglas Nelson. Any and all music is courtesy of Kevin McLeod and other public domain and copyright-free sources. during the Mr. Nelson show do not necessarily reflect those held by RadioMisfits.com. So, any complaints and or comments should be sent to at Mr. Nelson on Twitter, where they will be promptly ignored and or blocked. We interrupt this program to bring you the special Nelson News Bulletin. Strippers bust balls. Hello. I'm Mr. Nelson. An Indiana man claims that he was seriously hurt last June during his bachelor party at a Fort Wayne strip club. No, he didn't get assaulted by a bouncer or slip in a beer puddle. Instead, Justin Shate claims that he was injured after being brought up on stage at the strip club by some of the talent. While two dancers held him down at the base of the strip pole, a third woman cannonballed down it from about six feet. The stripper's free fall ended when she crashed squarely on his genitals, causing him excruciating pain. Sheep claims that he told the trio to stop, 
but they refused to do so, and in succession, each of the female entertainers took turns ascending the pole and then landing on his genitals in a free fall while the other female entertainers held him down. Shate, who was hitched hours after his bachelor party, contends that he could not consummate his marriage on his honeymoon because of serious and permanent injuries suffered at the strip joint. Boy, that's downright brutal. Poor bastard was left with a case of black and blue balls. This has been a Nelson News Bulletin. And now, back to your program.